All right, if you are a part of um, 12 or under and you want to go to Kids Church, you can jump on out with them. That's where they're heading this morning. If you want to go, just jump right in and follow them out. If you want to stay in here, Pastor Jimmy, just stay where you are. I won't complain. We got some coming here. Don't leave them. Don't leave them. Right there in the hallway, Miss Ann's waiting. Give me a little more room. All right. Praise the Lord. All right, can we give them another hand, man? Great job, guys. Great job. Great job. All right. I'm going to get right to the word today. The power of asking. The power of asking. I, I, I felt like the Holy Spirit wanted me to, to tell us this today. The power of asking. Let's go to Zechariah chapter 10. And, and I want to read verse 1 for you here. The Bible said, ask the Lord for rain in the spring, for he makes the storm clouds. Did y'all hear that? He makes the storm clouds. He is the one that causes it to rain. And he will send showers of rain so every field. I love the way that God says this. There is no field that is excluded. He says to every field, to every individual, to every family, to every person. Their field becomes a lush pasture. The power of asking. As I was studying, I found that the power of asking is actually a discipline that we must have in our life. Discipline is like training. Discipline is, we could look at it as exercise. Discipline is the person that's the overachiever that says, I'm going to walk. Five miles a day and makes all the other people feel bad. But they exercise, they train themselves, they discipline themselves to do something. It is to the person that says, well, I don't eat sweets, I'm healthy. And I'm thinking, all right, you go ahead and live that life if you want to, but watch me eat this apple pie with ice cream while you're doing it. See who wins then, buddy. And then when I got sugar diabetes, I understand why. All right. Discipline. Discipline. It is the discipline. It is, it is you know, prayer is a discipline. It, it's a discipline to pray. It is a discipline to open your Bible and read the Bible. It's a discipline. You know what I've been doing this year? Let me just be real with you for a minute. I've been trying to be a better reader this year. How many of you like reading books? Curses. You know, Mercy. All right, there wasn't too many people that raised their hand, but there was quite a few. I wasn't expecting that many. I'm running behind. I am trying my best to be a better reader. Maybe it's my ADD and jumpiness and my excitement that causes me not to be able to really focus. But I've got to where I put my AirPods in and I absolutely mute them things. The noise cancellation control. And I sit there and I try to read a good book. And I, a matter of fact, I just finished one, so I'm proud of myself today. It takes discipline because it's something that you don't have to take time for but you make yourself do it it, it, it even if you don't enjoy it like myself I'm not going to sit here and try to tell you oh I love doing it because I really don't every now and then I enjoy a book but most of the time I'm like oh my gosh when do we get to the good part right and so it's a discipline prayer is a discipline fasting and, and like we did the hundred days of glory it was discipline for us. We chose that thing that we fasted from or would not have. That's called discipline. God loves good 
discipline. But I think that the power of asking, asking is a discipline. And I'm afraid that too often in our churches, we don't talk about enough in our churches about this exercise or this discipline. I think that sometimes we just expect God to bless us or God to do things just because of who we are. But see, that's not the way it works, folks. Just because you're a child of God doesn't mean that God's just going to give you everything you need all the time without you doing anything. There is a discipline that we must learn, and that is that God has called us to ask. Now, understand with me, I know that many televangelists have have trained us to where they've got us thinking that that this this doctrine of, oh, you just ask anything, and it just happens, and, and we've got people on TV speaking to their wallets and all this kind of stuff, and you just tell it to, to get fat. I remember when they used to have that. They say, you, big, you, you wallet, you will be a big, fat, prosperous wallet, and they'd speak over the wallet. And I thought, my gosh, what in the world has our world come to? But we have lived in an age that they have taught us how to ask for the wrong things in the wrong way, in the wrong attitude, in the wrong spirit. And because of that, sometimes I think that we steer away from asking, well, I don't want to be stingy, or I don't want to be selfish, but I need you to understand today that God wants you to ask. And and listen, just because God is blessing a church doesn't necessarily mean that you're getting it in your life. We're blessed right now. I mean, God's done some great things for us. A hundred days of glory, God did some miraculous things. God continues to move and bless. And so our church may be in a time of favor, but that doesn't mean that I'm in a time of favor or you're in a time of faith. It's all about our individual relationship with Christ. It is about our personal walk with God. So we have to separate the blessing of the church from the blessing that's happening in your family. Understand that they're two separate things. And while we may celebrate with the church, God still wants to bless you personally. God wants your family to be blessed. God wants you to walk in favor. And so God doesn't want you. See, nothing happens in the kingdom until you say something. Until you ask for it and until you speak it, it will not happen. I want you to understand that sometimes we get a habit of living off of other people's blessings. You know, I remember back in the old days, we get the having a good service, people shouting and rejoicing in God, and, and there were other people just kind of sitting there with their hands crossed, and you thought, my Lord, come on, you ought to give God some glory. The Spirit's in the house. Worship God. Tell Him how much you love Him. Shout Jesus. Do something. And I remember we used to have them. And I remember one person one time I was asking, man, you just didn't get it tonight. They said, oh, I was just enjoying watching other people get blessed. Now, you can do that if you want to. And you can call me selfish if you want to, stingy. I really don't care. At the end of the day, I want God to bless everyone in this house today. But I really want God to bless me. Because I want to tell you something. I'm not responsible, in theory, I'm not responsible for your house. I may preach for you, to your house. I may give instruction for your house from this pulpit, from the Bible, and things like that. But at the end of the day, I don't go to nobody's house and be like, all right, guys, this is the way y'all are going to run this place. I mean, after a while, y'all be like, hey, you can get out of my house, and I ain't coming to your church no more. I mean, I can't dictate. So in reality, I'm responsible for my house. I'm responsible for my kids, for my children, and so are you. So understand with me today. 
I want you to grab this, that God is wanting you to ask. He is asking is part of a process, and our words have power. That is why when I was a kid, every Sunday, we used to, does anybody in their church do this? We used to stand in the front and sing for the congregation. Does anybody remember those days, or was our church just weird like that? Uh-oh, my church was weird. I knew it was. Thank you. I, oh, y'all starting to speak to me now. Somebody's talking to me. But we used to stand up there. And I remember one song we used to sing. Be careful, little eyes, what you see. Be careful. Y'all remember that? And I remember one part we'd say, be careful, little mouth, what you say. For the Father up above, he's looking down in love. Oh, be careful, little mouth, what you say. And I didn't understand it at the time. But now as I've matured and I've aged, I understand the mouth has to be careful what it says. Because listen, and let me tell you this. And I also learned that if the mouth doesn't speak, if I do not ask scripturally, I will not receive. Look at James 16. This is going to blow your mind. James 16. The Bible, or John 16. The Bible said at that time, you won't need to ask me for anything. He said, I tell you the truth. You will ask the Father directly. This is Jesus while he's walking on earth. And he will grant your requests. Why is he going to grant your requests? First off, because you use my name. That's powerful. You haven't done this before. Ask using my name and you will receive and you will have abundant joy. Do you see the process? I need somebody to understand before I go any further that God still answers prayers. And I need somebody to understand that it is a process. God said you ask for it and you declare behind it in the name of Jesus. And he said you are going to walk away With abundant joy. That means that God is going to send a blessing to your house. God is going to send favor to your house. Understand today. According to Proverbs. It said his favor is like a cloud of the latter rain. I was reading about Elijah just Saturday morning. And and Elijah told Ahab there had been a famine in the land. Y'all remember the story. And I believe it's uh, chapter 18 if I'm not mistaken. And he's already told him there's a famine in the land. And I remember that he went to him and he tells him. He says, King, it's going to rain. The problem is there was not a cloud in the sky. Do y'all remember that? But the man of God went to the mountain that looked over the sea. Gehazi, his servant, is with him. He gets down on his knees in yoga fashion. And I'm not going to do it because I may get stuck down there and not be able to finish the sermon today. But his nose is on the ground, prostrate position. He's like a kid just just curled up in a ball. And he's sitting there and he's pleading with God, let the rain fall. Let the Lord, I'm asking for the rain. Let the blessing of God fall. Oh, yes, Lord, in the name of Jesus. But I want you to understand something about Elijah. He declared with his mouth that it was going to rain before he even saw the cloud. God can work with that kind of faith, folks. See, sometimes we don't want to declare what God's going to do until we feel like we got a 90% chance that it's going to happen. But it really takes faith when you don't see the cloud and you really don't think it's going to happen and you can't see a way that it will happen, but you still get up and declare. 
The rain of God's about to pour on our family. The favor of God is about to shine down on our house. He don't see a rain cloud. He prays in this position. Says, Gehazi, go look. I went and looked, Master, there's nothing, nothing. All right, let's do it again. There's nothing. Until he said, you go back seven times, God's perfect number. And when he came back, what did he tell? There is a cloud that has risen up out of the sea. Well, everybody shouted forever, hold your peace. But there is one problem with the cloud. It doesn't look like a tornado is going to hit. It doesn't look like it's really going to rain much. All that I'm telling you is it is about the size of a man's hand. Do y'all see that? Now, I'm going to tell you, that's declaring something right there. And when he heard that there was a cloud this big, and you can get the biggest hand you want, I don't care. It ain't a big rain cloud that when the sky's blue, that anybody in their right mind is going to say, the rain's on the way. But Elijah did. He decreed it. He declared it. He said, you better hurry up and get there. And you tell Ahab, he better get the moving. Because if he don't get the moving, the rain's going to stop him. He's not even going to be able to travel. It's going to pour so hard. And because the man of God asked for it, and because the man of God decreed it or declared it, guess what? The rain poured down in a way it had never poured down. What are you saying to me today, Pastor? I am telling you, you need to open your mouth and you need to decree his favor over your life. I am telling you today that you need to make a declaration before you leave this place that you have God's favor on you. Stop the whining. Nobody don't want to hear it. Your kids are sick of it. Your husband, your wife, they're tired of it. Whiny, whiny, whiny. It's like us guys when we get a cold. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Oh, y'all wives are about, they about to die out there. Oh, yeah, that's great. Guys, we're sitting there all serious. Oh, yeah, not me. We whine, we complain. Oh, honey, can you bring me some of that knife? And, you know, if you got a tough wife, about get your butt up and get yourself. You know what I'm saying? I'm just I'm trying to help you. You need to get up and move. Don't let stuff gather in your lungs. <laughs> Cough it up, praise God. What I'm telling you is whining ain't doing us no good. And there's some people, all they ever do in their spirit is whine, whine, whine. There's some people, all they ever do is have a pity party. Some people always walking around feeling sorry for themselves. Oh, my goodness, so-and-so looked at me wrong, did me wrong, this and that and the other. You are never going to walk in favor, ladies and gentlemen, if that is your concept of life. You need to open your mouth and speak blessings over your life. You need to stop the whining and you need to open Open up your mouth and you need to declare victory over your life. Somebody's got to say, I am blessed and I am highly favored of the Lord. God decreed it and God has already sent it down. Watch this. So when Proverbs tells us that there's this cloud that comes down that represents favor, it is like a cloud over you. I want you to picture this with me for just a minute. So there's a rain cloud over your head right now. God has already decreed it. God has already blessed it. God has ordained it. It is over your head. So what are we waiting on? I mean, if the cloud's over our head and the favor is there and the blessing is ready to drop, what's the holdup? The holdup is the individual that the cloud is over them. 
All the individual has to do is make a declaration. All that the person that's under the cloud has to do is declare in Jesus' name, let it rain, Jesus, let it rain. And just like Elijah, the Bible said, the rain, it began to pour. Somebody ought to hear me today. God is wanting to pour out in your life, but God told me to tell you the reason he hasn't yet is because you haven't asked him to do it. You've been waiting, but see the clouds over you. It is over you waiting to pour and shower down on your life. When people ask, how you feeling today? Please don't tell them how you really feel. <laughs> Jesus, help us all. I've made that mistake on phone calls before and it took an hour and a half to get off the phone. Don't tell them how you feel. I'm going to tell you why. Because when you tell them how you feel, do you know what you're doing? You're really just giving the devil some ammunition. All you're doing is letting the devil know what's been bothering you. What's been nagging at you. And then he's going to say, oh, I see, that's a thorn in their flesh. Oh, yeah, we're going to, let's keep plucking away, baby. That's the way the devil, he like a little gnat. You slap it, you hurt yourself more than the gnat. Y'all know what I'm talking about? You slap in your face and like, what you doing? Y'all, there's a little tiny gnat trying to get on my face. There's a little mosquito and you're slapping around. The devil's like, he is irritating. And once you tell him what irritates you and you let him know and you say, oh God, let me tell you what happened last week. And this lady I worked with her, this, that, and the other. And we go on all these spills and Satan says, man, I am going to work with that. I can use that. I can keep them from having the favor of God. I can keep them from getting this rain that I'm talking about. See, he uses it. But look, but look at him. Look at them. You declare it. Uh, here it is. I am blessed and I am highly favored of the Lord. That's the term I want you to grab today. So instead of telling people how bad you are, I am blessed and highly favored of the Lord. What I'm telling you is you've got to speak something in order for it to happen. And can I tell you why I want you to... Somebody say, you just want me to lie to them? Is it really a lie? Because you are blessed. And you are highly favored. Because I'm preaching today and I don't hear any explosions going on around Six Mile. But in Ukraine today, there's a lot of preachers and, and churches and people and individuals that can't say the same because they're actually exploding their church or, or they're blowing up their houses so they can't say the same thing. So for me to sit here and act like I'm not blessed would be a lie. I am blessed and I am highly favored. And you are too, praise the Lord. What is the point of, of having favor if you never use it. I'm telling you that many are in a time when favor is falling. But it's not under them because they are not asking for it. So instead they get up and they complain about things. Don't you love complainers? You're getting up and instead of being positive, you're being negative. Do you know what negative means? Negative is a pessimist. That means it doesn't matter how beautiful it is outside. It can be 78 and sunny. And you're like, man, it's a beautiful day. And they're like, the humidity is just. Are you kidding me? There's some people like that. You can tell them all the good things. You can tell them, praise God, gas dropped 50 cents yesterday. And 
Well, it's $5 cheaper when I was a boy. I mean, it don't matter what you say. There are some people that they are always going to be pessimistic. And I'm telling you, that is not the people that God favors. And that is not the people that God blesses. A matter of fact, there's a lot of people that are defeatists. Do you know what a defeatist is? That means that they live a life defeated. That means before they even start something, they expect that they are going to fail at it. Well, I'm like the man that said, I'd rather try and fail my God than not try at all. Just let me try at least. And sooner or later, I'm going to succeed. That is the person that God blesses. He needs an optimist that will declare something positive over their lives. We speak what we see because sometimes it doesn't look good. We speak what we feel and sometimes we don't feel good. I've been there, I've done that Instead of what God wants me to speak Because God says I have not given you a spirit of fear But I have power God is saying wait a minute I've got to say I am anointed Because God said I've got to say I am protected I am under a refuge I am under a shelter Let the weak say I am strong Let Job declare in his place of ashes We've been talking on Wednesday night I will trust in the Lord Let us be like Habakkuk When the great are dying on the vine and we don't have the favor of God it seems he said I will still rejoice in the Lord for he gives me feet like a deer or a hind's feet I will win I will succeed you speak what God has told you to speak over your life the enemy cannot stand it will you give God some praise in the house today I often thought if you knew everything that God knows about you, you'd really be shocked. More than likely, if you knew what God knew about you, you probably wouldn't even use you to do anything. (laughs) You know it? It lets us know how merciful our God is, how great He is. Because all you would see in yourself would be the flaws in your life. All that you would see is the mistakes, the mess-ups. All that you would ever see is the failures, the times that you tried but you did not succeed. That's what you would see. But God does not see you based on where you are. Everyone in this house, there's some of you, you might have just got saved. There's others in this house that you've been saved for 50 years, All right, God doesn't care. He sees more than your flaws. What He sees is your potential. Isn't that powerful? You can't see it, God can. I can't see it, but God can. And sometimes until God gives us spirit eyes, even as leaders, we don't recognize it. But God has giftings among our people in our own churches. We just have failed to see the potential yet. But God sees it. God knows. God does not use us based on where we are. He doesn't. God does not judge you based on who you are. It doesn't matter if you're a name or if you are a no name. God doesn't care about any of that I say to you today that today is not a day for defeat today is not a day for you to sit there and judge yourself today is a day for you to to experience the favor of God in your life I am telling somebody 
quit speaking negatively, negativity over yourself or negatively uh, over yourself. You've got to stop it. Because listen to me, oftentimes you destroy yourself by your own words. You defeat yourself. It is not because somebody told you you can't do it. Nobody said that. It's not even sometimes because the devil's been on your shoulder. Because he knows he doesn't have to. You'll do the job for him. Because you will constantly speak defeat over yourself. You will constantly say, I would do this, but. I could do this, but. I'm not able. I don't have the reach. I'm not a good speaker like Moses said. I'm not this. I'm not that. So oftentimes talking badly about yourself, you can destroy yourself. I am still favored. I am blessed. I'm highly favored of the Lord. That is the words I need you to say. Even though I've been rejected, I'm still favored. Even though the outcome was not like I thought it should have been and I got turned down, it doesn't matter. I am still highly favored. There is a tremendous power we need to understand today that there is a tremendous power in our words. You speak the outcome you desire. And this is the catch, and I'm going to leave you with this. Not only do you speak the outcome you desire, but You've got to speak the one that, honor, that honors God the most. Not selfish gain. James chapter 4. Now I know some of you, by the time I get finished this sermon, you sit there talking, praise God, I can't wait to get to the altar. I'm going to ask God for a Lamborghini. I've been waiting on that for a while. Yeah, you'll get it later. You want what you don't have. That means you're a coveter. The only reason you want a nicer car ain't because you need one. It's because your neighbor's got one. The only reason you want a bigger house is because your neighbor's is a little bigger than yours. So we got to do an addition, honey. We try to please people we don't even know is what Dave Ramsey says. And they'll never know us, but we try to impress them. People will never even know. He says, you want what you don't have. You scheme and kill to get it. That means you'll do whatever it takes. You are jealous of what others have, but you can't get it, so you fight and wage war to take it away from them. So now, since you can't have what you want, you start attacking people that God has blessed. But God did not bless them because they were stingy. Are y'all ready? Oh, I'm fixing to preach to y'all. God did not bless them because they had to have what their neighbor had. God blessed them because they didn't have to have what their neighbor had. And they didn't care about that. Watch this. Oh, God have mercy. Yet you don't have what you want because, now he goes on and says, you don't ask God for it. And even when you ask, you don't get it because your motives are all wrong. You want only what will give you pleasure. Do you see what God's trying to say to us today? When... Televangelists have hurt us so bad because they try to tell us, you just speak it and you get it. But there's this thing called the will of God. There's this thing called the plans and the purposes of God. I want to ask you all a question. You know, I know, you know, you got people like Jensen Franklin, great preacher. I use his resources all the time. Wonderful man of God. He's got a jet plane. You know why he had to have a jet? He was pastoring a church. In Georgia, Gainesville, Georgia. And then he was having to fly on the same day on Sunday and preach it at his church in California. All right. How many of you think Jensen needs his jet? 
He's only got two hours to get there. Three hours, whatever the limit is. It's going to take him two or three days to drive it. And we hope traffic isn't bad. My point is, it's a need to further the kingdom of God. Are y'all with me? So therefore, God blessed him with his own jet. Now, I wonder what y'all are going to think when I drop one in the back of the baseball field back there. Praise the Lord. The point is today, I'm not going to get in the altar and be talking about, hey God, I need a jet. Because I, I don't need no jet. I don't have a church in California. I mean, I can't further the gospel by having a jet because my ministry is just not, I'm not at that place that I'm doing that. And so for me, God would say, Jimmy, really? Is that what you're going to ask for today? So when I pray, and when you pray, we have to first off have in mind, how can this benefit the kingdom of God? If I'm on a job and I tell God, I need a promotion. God's going to say to me, he's going to say, wait a minute. Why do you want a promotion? Do you want power? Do you want prestige? You just want more money? But if I pray and say, God, if you will give me a promotion, I'm going to be sure to bless you with what you bless me with. Do y'all see the difference in that prayer? One is stingy, all about me. I can ask all day long. God doesn't hear it. But when I get over here and say, God, I want you to bless me so I can bless somebody else and bless your kingdom. Oh, ding, ding, heaven's bells go off. And God says, let the cloud start pouring that rain. It's a time of favor for that individual. you got to ask right, folks. Seek First, the kingdom of God and His righteousness and then all of these other things. Well, I'm preaching now. I'm getting too pastoral here. Listen to me. Let me tell you something. God always gives you a little bit. Just a little bit. And I want to see how Brian is going to manage the little bit. I'm not giving Brian the pond. I'm just going to give him a glass of water. And I want to see how he can manage it. And as he proves to me that he will be faithful. This is scripture. When he is faithful over his glass of water. I'm going to give him a little more. I'm going to give him a little pond in the back. And then I'm going to give him a lake. And then I'm going to give him an ocean. Do you understand that God works like that? And those that are faithful over little. God promised I will bless them. With more and more. So if you're struggling today, I wonder if it's because of the way you've been praying. I want you to think about that today. Because God wants to bless you. God wants the rain to pour down on you. i got to hurry. So, so you speak it over and over. You speak the blessing. All week long, come to the piano, Sandra, I'm closing. And you will see the hand of God. It begins to move on your behalf. See, it is a spiritual principle. It is asking. It's a gift from God. It is like a gift that sits under the tree. And as long as the gift is under the tree, and it's wrapped up, it is absolutely useless. If some of y'all got a Christmas present, you still ain't unwrapped it, you're wasting it. I mean, get home, unwrap the thing, unpackage it. There's something on the inside for you. That is the way God said this asking thing works. 
He says, it's all packed up nice and tidy for you. I'm just waiting for you to rip into it. It's a gift. It just needs to be unwrapped. Proverbs 18, 21, you know this scripture. Death and life are in the power of the what? Of the tongue. And those who love it will eat of its fruit. Whether good or bad. Whether life or death. God said, you will reap it. Are y'all with me? You speak negative, your life is going to be negative. You speak positive, your life is going to be positive. You give a little bit, you will receive a little bit. You give much and more and beyond, you're going to receive much more. That's not what I said, folks. I'm just telling you what the Bible said. Because God says to us today, it's all about asking. I want to leave you with Mark chapter 11, 22 through 24. Jesus said to his disciples, just have faith in God. I tell you the truth. This, this scripture has always blown my mind. You can say to this mountain, may you be lifted up and thrown or cast into the sea and it will happen. Did y'all just read what I just read? A person is not supposed to walk on the water. But Peter did. A venomous serpent isn't supposed to be able to bite you and you shake it off and get no medical help and live. But Paul did. Are you still with me? So you can speak to this mountain. And if it's for the glory of God. And if it's blocking the way to where you need to get. God can move stones just like he did Jesus on the third day. Literally he can move it. That's what he said. But you must really believe it will happen and have no doubt in your heart. That's a key right there, and that's a, that's a hard one. I tell you, you can pray for anything, and if you believe that you've received it, it will be yours. Jesus had just cursed a fig tree right before he quotes this to them. 24 hours after he cursed a fig tree because a fig tree would not bear fruit. The disciples and he are walking by. And they say, Master, the fig tree is dead. And then Jesus began to quote the scripture. Peter was stunned. How could this be? And Jesus says, but I want you to understand, you can speak the mountains and mountains can move. It absolutely blew Peter's mind. But little did he know, he's going to be walking on water. <laughs> Isn't it amazing? Faith's authority allows the believer to speak directly to the obstacles of their life. The authority of faith allows us to speak to mountains. And I'm speaking more so in a spiritual context here. But you can speak to cancers. You can speak to sickness. You can speak to bills that need paid. You can speak to a vehicle that you really need to get the work with, but it broke down, it won't work. I've done it. You can speak to it. And God says you can make them move. Watch this, watch this. So, how many of you got power in your house? If, if you don't have some, you need to see me after church. We really want to help you out. Most of you today, you got power in your house, right? The reason you have power in your house is that you have a contract with the power company. You don't own the power. It's their power. 
But you have access to their power because you have signed a contract to allow access to their electricity. But the electricity will not work until you... Anybody still with me? Until you flip the light switch and now all of a sudden power is flowing through the house. There's something spiritual here that I must tell you. We have been given access to God's throne. We have been given access to a power unlike anything the world has ever known. It is the power of the Holy Spirit or the Holy Ghost. We have access to these things because God has allowed us access. But the only way that you actually get to use it is when you what? When you flip the switch. How do I flip the switch? You just ask. And all of a sudden, things begin to happen. Can you believe God for a miracle today? Let's stand in the house of God. I've preached long enough. Praise God. Hallelujah. Woo. The power of asking. When I was growing up, I used to go to my mom and daddy sometime, and I'd ask them for things. And I'd say, Mama, I want a go-kart. Well, I knew Mama couldn't afford a go-kart at the time. But guess what? I don't know how they did it, but they did it. Come time to roll around, daddy was disabled, had a disability check, couldn't work anymore, used to be a manager of an old company making great money. Pay went down tremendously when he got disabled. However, Mama did it. I don't know how. She must have saved and she worked some extra Saturdays. But Christmas morning, there was a go-kart sitting right there. And she said, go ride it, son. You talking about happy? Man. But thank God I asked for it. And I'm telling somebody today, the reason that God told the disciples and literally pointed to a mountain and said, you can speak to this mountain and it will move, The reason he told them that is because when Peter, James, and John and the other disciples saw that mountain, this is exactly what they thought to themselves. I guarantee you, they said, that's impossible. And that is the point. God wanted them to know that with God. Oh my God, y'all aren't getting this. With God, all things are possible. So yes, a mountain that should not move with God, the impossible becomes possible. And that is why God told them that. And God wants me to tell you today, no matter where you are in your life, no matter what you're going through, I want you to understand that what the doctor said was impossible, it is possible with God. What the devil said on your shoulder last night as you were laying in bed crying, what he said to you last night was impossible. God wanted me to tell you with him. If you'll just ask it. It is possible. You've just got to ask. That's it. Heads are bowed, eyes are closed. My God Almighty. Is there somebody in the house today you say, Pastor, that's me. I want to ask today. I know there's things going on in your life. I know it. There's trouble. There's situations. There's things you're trying to wade through and work through right now. If you want to be that person that steps out and comes to the altar, 
and says, I'm going to give this thing to God this morning. I'm going to tell you right now. They ought to be 10 people right now already walking down this aisle right now. They ought to be 10 people right now already walking down saying, that is me. I got something that I've got to give to God. Now, let me tell you something. I'm going to go ahead and say it this way. If you don't ask, you will not receive it. I want to say that one more time, and I want to be as blunt as I can. Don't, don't misinterpret. Don't miss. If you do not ask, you will not receive. That is what God wanted me to give us a spiritual principle today. But God said, if you will ask, you will receive. There's people coming. Sing, Brian. Sing while people obey the Lord today. Just obey the Lord. We Let the Lord the move. Beggar. Oh, now we're royalty. We were the prisoners. We were the prisoners. Now we're running free. We were accepted, rejected, redeemed by His grace. Let the house of the Lord sing praise. Yes, amen. We were the beggars. We were the beggars. Now, now we're royalty. We were the prisoners, and now we're running free. Ask, and you we shall receive. Ask, and you shall receive. Ask, and you shall receive. In Jesus' name, ask, and you shall receive. And now we're royalty. Sing it. We were the prisoners, and now we're running free. We are forgiven, accepted, redeemed by His grace. Let the house of the Lord sing praise. We were the beggars, and now we're royalty. We were the prisoners, now we're running free. We are forgiven, accepted, redeemed by His grace. Let the house of the Lord sing praise. We were the beggars, and now we're royalty. We were the prisoners, now we're running free. We are forgiven, accepted, redeemed by His grace. Let the house of the Lord sing praise. There's joy in the house of the Lord. There's joy in the house of the Lord today. And we won't be quiet. We shout out your praise. There's joy in the house of the Lord. Our God is surely in this place. And we won't be quiet. We shout out your praise. There's joy in the house of the Lord. There's joy in the house of the Lord today. We won't be quiet. We shout out your praise. There's joy in the house of the Lord. Our God is surely in this place. We won't be quiet. We shout out your praise. Oh, we shout out your praise. We were the beggars. Now we're royalty, we were the prisoners, now we're running free. We are forgiven, accepted, redeemed by His grace. 
Let the house of the Lord sing praise. We were the beggars. Now we're Tell God I'll give you glory, Lord. We were the prisoners. I'll give you glory when you answer my now prayer. I'll give you free. praise for what we you've done. I won't hold it in for myself. I'll tell everybody. I'll testify to what you did. I'll testify and tell people. Look what the Lord has done. Hallelujah. There's joy in the house of the Lord today. Oh, no, we won't be quiet. We'll shout out your praise. There's joy in the house of the Lord. Our God is surely in this place. And we won't be quiet. We shout out your praise. We shout out your praise. Thank you, Holy Ghost. We sing to the God who heals. Yep. We sing to the God who saves. Thank God. We sing to the God who always makes a way. He always makes a way. Hallelujah. Because he hung up on that cross. Yes, he did. Then he rose up from that grave. My God, still rolling stones away. Yeah. And there's joy in the house of the Lord. There's joy in the house of the Lord today. And we won't be quiet. We shout out your praise. There's joy in the house of the Lord. Our God is surely in this place. And we won't be quiet. We shout out your praise. There's joy in the house of the Lord. There's joy in the house of the Lord today. And we won't be quiet. Oh, we shout out your praise. There's joy in the house of the Lord. Our God is surely in this place. And we won't be quiet. We shout out your praise. Shout out your praise Lord we were the beggars now we're royalty we were the prisoners now we're running free we are forgiven oh accepted redeemed by his grace let the house of the Lord sing his praise we were the beggars, now we're royalty. We were the prisoners, and now we're running free. We are forgiven, accepted, redeemed by His grace. Let the house of the Lord sing praise. Yes, sir. And there's joy in the house of the Lord. There's joy in the house of the Lord today. We won't be quiet. Oh, we shout out your praise. There's joy in the house of the Lord. Our God is surely in this place. And we won't be quiet. Oh, we shout out your praise. There's joy in the house of the Lord. There's joy in the house of the Lord today. We won't be quiet. Hallelujah. We shout out your praise. There's joy in the house of the Lord. Our God is surely in this place. We won't be quiet. We shout out your praise. Oh, Lord. We shout out your praise. 
Some more of these made, but um, they're gap hill things. They, they go in the back of your car. I've been riding around with one for a long time. There's one thing about church hats, church stickers. It makes you be more Christian, maybe. That's, what, that's why we give them away, and our shirts and stuff like that. But if you're going to be cussing or you're going to be acting crazy, look at your shirt before you do it, all right, or your hat or your car. I had somebody tell me the other day, somebody parked crooked in a spot. I'm telling y'all the truth. And they were carrying on about, I can't even remember who it was that told me. Y'all probably, oh God, no he ain't. But anyhow, they're parked sideways and they out there, oh, I'm just a fussing away. They got to the other side and they had a Gap Hill sticker, the crooked car right there. You got to watch yourself, folks. Anyhow, we're going to get some more of these. There's not but about maybe seven or eight. This young man right here is going to be standing on the porch. If you don't have one and you will use it, it's first come, first serve. Serve. I can't even talk. Oh, somebody's grabbing them. You better run, boy. They'll be gone by the time you get to the back. God bless you guys. Love you all. <laughs> 